Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Washington versus Texas, to me, is a really exciting game because I think if you ask Steve Sarkeesian which team he would least like to play, I actually think the answer would be Washington. It's a bad matchup. And and here is why. Washington is very well equipped to go at what Texas does poorly, and Texas does not cover people very well, right? They have a really difficult time in coverage. And so I think, because here's the thing. Well, Josh, why would they want to play Alabama? Well, they beat Alabama on Alabama's field. Do you think, how do you think the Texas, how do you think the current Texas team, Spencer, feels about playing Alabama? Oh, we can do it again. Bring it back. You put us on a neutral, it, you, run it back, you, you put us on a, on a neutral field? Oh, okay. We like, we like our chances when we do that. I, I'm just saying, like, I know Milrow's a different guy, but I think they like their chances of, of, of against them again. They should, right? They should have all the confidence in the world. And even last year, they almost beat them last year without a backup. And guess what? Bryce Young won that game in the end. There's no Bryce Young anymore. Michigan, obviously, I think, I think, I think, um, uh, Texas probably likes their chances to, to put up some points against that Michigan team, scheme themselves open enough. And look, that, that's a spot where JJ McCarthy's got to be the one to beat you. I mean, Texas has not been in, been run on by anybody this year. By the way, are you, are you a JJ McCarthy fan? No. Me, okay, I think he's yeah. not bad. I don't think he's that. I don't think he's yeah, bad. he's not bad. But I gotta tell you, of the four quarterbacks in the playoff, who would you least like to have as your starting quarterback? JJ McCarthy. By a country by a considerable by a McCarthy. considerable margin. He's now I, I do think close. this like he did he did make some nice plays. And I think when you watch he's the Penn fine. State game, when you watch the Penn State game back and you watch the Ohio State game back, like the not putting your team in a bad spot's huge, but also they didn't have him throw again in the pen, at all in the Penn State game. And I think there are some serious concerns about that. You know, the, uh, the last, so early in the season, there was JJ McCarthy Heisman hype, and I never understood. Yeah. I was like, and first round hype too. Really? Yeah. And there. first round hype. And I was like, mm, no, I'm not, I'm not in on that. And you were in that same boat, evidently. And we've been proven right in that regard. And let me give you a great, I mean, this is, you know, Sports Talk 101 elite comparison here, Josh. You ready for this? Ready. The last quarterback to have been hamstrung by his offensive coordinator in a big game like J.J. McCarthy was against Penn State was, wait for it, Jimmy Garoppolo throwing mm. eight passes in the NFC Championship game. And does anybody think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good or even great or, – or sorry, a great or even good quarterback? I'm going to go with no thank you. The Raiders have made a terrible mistake, which everyone could really see. When you have an offensive coordinator that says, we don't feel like this guy has to do anything and I just need him to hand the ball off. That's all you need to know right there. That would never happen at any of the other three schools where your quarterback just has to go back there and hand the football off. That would never happen. I I think, I think you're right. I I think, um, 
you know, I, I did a stream for Bleacher Report, and I, I appreciate the folks over there. Let, they let me interact. And that's a nice kind flex of, right there. That's a, that's a well, good Well, no, it's nice because I get, I get to go off in different directions yeah. and do some streams and stuff, and it's a lot of fun, and I get to hear from different fans. And I've had, I've had to talk a lot, a lot of, about the Big Ten and Michigan and stuff, and I would say, like, the if you had told me J.J. McCarthy played the way he did this season, I would tell you Michigan probably lost a game, right? I would probably tell you they had just because the passing offense has been so overwhelming. But credit to them, they've been fantastic up front, and they've been able to run the ball. I mean, what did they do? They forced their way down the field twice against Penn State and said, all right, let's pack it up, boys. Uh, yep. They can't score on us, which is great because they deserve credit for doing that. Um, you know, they have three challenging games. The Maryland game was tricky, right? Penn State game and obviously Ohio State game. So, um, but but as far as this game goes, you know, hey, like t- Washington will score. The one thing I do think, though, is – they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. I, I just don't, they're going to have to throw the ball to try and run it. I, I think some, like, I think well, that's, that's kind of what they've done all year. But there are some, I mean, you know, Dylan Johnson's had some games. They wrote the USC game, right? They they're a better running three. team than, than anybody outside of the PAC 12 thinks. Now, is it a foundation of what they do? No. And I never feel like their running game sets up anything in their passing game, but their quarterback and receivers right. are just so good. That is their fastball. And frankly, with different route combinations, that's their slider as well. The changeup is Dylan Johnson, and that's a sneaky good pitch for them when they're standing on the mound. So I think that for for the Huskies, they will do it enough to keep Texas off balance. They outran or outgained Oregon on the ground in the Pac-12 championship game, which is not Mm -hmm. something I ever thought I would see in that particular matchup because Oregon has just been a much more committed and successful running football team. But that Washington offensive line is really, really good. Dylan Johnson is second team all Pac-12 and deservedly so. And, and it's something that you know they have available to them if they need it. It's just not something they feel they have to go to very much. They're not going to run for over 200 yards. Penix is going to have to go for you know three, maybe 350 to 400 or so to keep up with Texas in this game with the way they played against Oklahoma State, who was always a fraud. But I think that for Washington, it is a more balanced offense than people realize, though it is definitely a pass first. It reminds me of the way I play. Uh, before we hopped on here, I was finishing up a game of uh, NCAA 14 revamped. And the way that I call plays in there is kind of like what Washington does. It is pass first, spread the defense out, soften them up a little bit, and then bring in the rushing attack. Yeah, so I think the thing is, is that you know if they're able to run the ball effectively at all, I, I think they're definitely going to be able to win the game. I just don't know where that comes. And the, the thing is, is that you need to run the ball at some points, just like give yourself your passing offense a break. The one thing, and Washington's capable of this, but I think they're going to have to be really successful in long down and distances. That's obviously going to be the one Which big difference. Which they're very good at. They are. And then they also need to, on defense, they have to limit explosive plays. Because the one thing Texas has been bad at this year is their red zone offense has not been great. But, but they have got a bunch of home run hitters. Worthy's a home run hitter. JT Sanders in the screen game was a run hitter. And I'll tell you what, man, there is no better big game wide receiver in the country than A.D. Mitchell. Adunze has been awesome in big games, obviously, but like every time it's a meaningful game, it feels like A.D. Mitchell's torching somebody. From yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to push back on the A.D. Mitchell over Roma Dunze thing. When you said big game hitter. I'm, saying, no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying like they're the same level. They're in the same caliber, right? Like okay. Those are both I mean, guys I, I, I still put Dunze like maybe a little notch above. I mean, you, you watch him more than I do, of course, but there has not been 
Adunze more... is a better overall wide receiver. I'm just saying yes. in big games, it's like clockwork. And the other thing like with Adunze is he is the most clutch receiver in college football. I include Marvin mm-hmm. Harrison there. There have been a number of times this season in which he has, in a critical spot, come up for Washington. Even if you know the football is going there, his timing with Michael Penix is pristine, and they are really, really good. And if you're in you know, a late-game situation and it's third and four, third and eight, whatever, Penix is going to look for number one, and you might not be able to stop it because their offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb, is really sharp. And I think what he does a great job of is finding favorable matchups for his wide receivers. He was put, getting his wide receivers on Oregon safeties all game on Friday night in Las Vegas, and the safeties could not cover. And he was mm-hmm. getting a Dunze one-on-one spots, and they just weren't able to cover him successfully all the time. So I think that that's something that Washington is going to lean on again because it's just been so good for him all season. Yeah, this game is going to be like a great live betting game because I feel like there's going to be some big momentum swings, right? I, I think. Yeah, it's I, I think I think you'll have plenty. I, I think you'll have plenty of points. You know, Washington's two biggest wins this year came against Oregon, and both teams were over thirty points in both games. I'd be surprised if this Texas game doesn't have uh, the same sort of feel. Yeah, I, I think the one reason why I favor Texas in this is because I think I like I like their lines better. I, I love their defensive line. I mean, they've got the be- two best interior, to, you know, arguably two Washington's best offensive line is very good. The interior has yes, its moments, it is. but their tackles are elite. Right. And the area where, where the, the good area of obviously for Texas is the interior. Right. And that is an area where they're able to, and I think the big thing is, you know, Penix is a pocket. He's a pretty pure pocket passer. Right? Yes, he is. The one thing that obviously scares you about this then is middle pressure. Because the one thing middle pressure does for a guy like that is like you just, you know, you want him to be able to be comfortable back there. And so they might have to move the pocket a bit more than they want to. It just splits the field for you, right? Now, when you roll a guy out, you have a plan for him rolling out in that direction. Does it split the field? Yes, but at least you have a plan. The problem when you roll out college or when when college quarterbacks in particular face middle pressure is it's on the fly and all of a sudden things are going wrong for them. So I think it's one area where they where they will do well and I'll tell you what, man, this Texas offensive line has been really good this year. Um, all three guys who have run the football, they're missing Jonathan Brooks badly, but Sark's so creative at getting guys the, the the football. I mean, the Sanders screens last week, I've been talking about them all week. They've been, they were great tight end screens. They get worthy of the football in space. They get Mitch the football in space. They were really good getting Baxter and blew the ball in areas to be successful. And so that is, you know, to me, it's offensive line, right? That is offensive line. Like if everybody's running well, um, you know, I think Brooks is really good running back. I think they obviously do miss him, but like if everybody's eaten, the offensive line obviously deserves a lot of credit. And they've got, I think Kelvin Banks will be a first round tackle. I think he can't come out this year. I think it's next year. I think he uh, is next year. Yeah. Yeah. But he'll be, I mean, I think if you put him out this year, he'd be a first round tackle. I, I, yeah. I feel pretty confident in saying that. Yeah. So I, I think that for Washington, you make a great point about the middle pressure and credit has to go to Brian Ward, at Arizona state. I mean, he kind of laid a blueprint for how to at least slow down Washington's offense because Penix doesn't move a whole heck of a lot. He's had injuries in his career. And so he like he he can move a little, but he wants to kill you from the pocket. He's a deep drop kind of guy to buy time. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason that, you know, it's really hard to to try to scheme blitzes against him is because he'll just take deep drops and he'll just throw these ridiculously accurate deep balls way down the field. And Oregon in the Pac-12 title game tried to bring middle pressure. They'd been great all season blitzing linebackers and safeties, and they weren't able to get home because the 
the the running backs and tight ends were kept in in pass protection. And when every time Oregon showed pressure or Washington thought they would get pressure, they just went max protection with at least six, often seven guys. And they said, we dare you to try and cover our wide receivers. You probably can't. Oregon would be blitzing seven, you know, in cover zero, they'd have one-on-one matchups and Penix would just find the one that he liked the most. So, you know, it was a really, really good game plan from Ryan Grubb and it stifled what Oregon wanted to do because that is the way to slow down the Washington offense that we've seen so far. It just hasn't, you know, or it did work out or did not work out for Oregon. It's had success before, but I think Washington has kind of made the, made the adjustment. Yeah, I'm wondering where they, you know, will they generate a lot of pressure? Will they try to go the extra guys in blitz and in different situations? Pete Kukowski and the Texas defense will have to decide that. But I do think that's that is going to be a big factor in this game. Do they even need to? Right, that's sometimes part of us too. And you know, your comment about Oklahoma State being fraudulent, like I, I, I think they kind of were what they were the whole season. Um, I was very I just impressed hearing them. people. Oh, it's a different team. It's a new. It's it's a well, new, it's a different they're, they're, team than the team that that lost by 26 points to South Alabama. That is. That is, is true. It because I watched UCF run them off the field. Yeah, well, no, but but I mean they still beat why you should have beaten them. The, yeah, but here's the thing: At they all. had a streak of games. They, they, yes, but they had a streak of games where they ended up beating Kansas State, they ended up beating Kansas, they ended up beating Oklahoma, right? So they're beating quality teams in a row consecutively, right? That still got still got to mean something. They also won nine games this year. Like here's the thing, Spencer. I don't think that team's not very good in my opinion. I, I don't think that team's like <laughs> that good. I'm no. not gonna, they've got a good individual players, but I think they they played as a collective a lot better than I think what their aggregate talent is. They've got good wide, a couple of good wide receivers, not a great quarterback, an awesome running back, a decent offensive line, and a couple of good playmakers on defense. I so, think you saw that they but, can but play saying, up saying, to their competition a couple of times, but when they play to the level that is more, you know, that's closer to what they really are as a football team. Or I think they have a lower floor. They have a, they have a much they, lower they floor. Low floor. Yes, and but credit to them for avoiding that, that floor. floor. They avoided that floor more often than I think they could have found it this year. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I I'll, I'll I'll agree with that. I, my point being here is Texas, Texas played two points like, or over twenty points three times. You're not Texas you're played not two bold teams at the end of the year, and you know Texas in those two games against bold teams you know, the last two games of the season, like just absolutely nuked them twice. They, they didn't play a competitive second half in either of those games, right? 57 to seven against Texas tech and then 49, 21 against, uh, against Oklahoma state. Neither of those were competitive. So uh, that brings me to this. I think it's gonna be a tight game. If this spread gets six, seven, I'm definitely gonna take Washington. It won't. I, you know, I, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna get around six. I think it's six is what was what I think it's going to end. It was four and think? a half. How is it getting to six? If it gets bet up to six. I know, but you think enough money is going to come in on Texas minus four and a half? Yeah, it's Texas. Those big, those big teams always get like the big money on them. All right, that'd be some. I'm just, using, I'm, I'm just using gambling logic. It's just it's usually I, I, how no. It I agree. I'm just saying if, if it the gets lines, up to if you, you see those lines get pushed game day anyway. That Oregon line got pushed ten against Washington. Yeah, I know, and I, I think that this line will come. In, I think it will come in the other direction. You really but, think so? Think so. All right, all right. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Right now, is we're kind of how far are we out? Like twenty, like three weeks, three and a half weeks. Yeah. Uh, about three which weeks. way are you leaning? What do you think happens in the game? Washington in a in a good Oregon looking game. The way that if, if they play like they did against Oregon in either matchup, but particularly the second, I think they played a much better game the the, the second time around against the Ducks. If they play like that, if they if they are tackling in space like that, 
then Washington, I, I think, is in a good position to win here. They're, they're just a team that wins football games. They've been doing it over and over and over again. And, you know, you they're capable of, you know, beating a team by 10 or more. I think Texas is really good, so I don't think that happens. But you look at one-score games, and Washington has been literally perfect uh, in, in the Kalen DeBoer era since that loss to Arizona State last year. And I, I think that they're just so good situationally, and Penix looks like he's back to being – the healthy Michael Penix we saw that was a Heisman favorite at one point in the year. So I, I, I'd go, uh, I'll, I'll go Washington here. Uh, I think kind of 30, like a 38 35 kind of game. Yeah, I think we're going to see plenty of points. Yep, uh, that'd, I agree. Be my, that'd be my main prediction. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.